It's officially Marketing a Talk. Marketing a Clock's monthly roundtable discussion episode. Join our team and a panel of experts to dive deep into a specific digital marketing topic. Don't forget, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning at youtube.marketingaclock.com or wherever you consume your podcast. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld, aka Shep, and it is officially Marketing a Talk. Today we have a truly off-the-charts episode for you. We have an all-star and all-female panel here to talk about digital marketing reporting, data, analytics, and all things nerdy. So first, someone you may know from the OG Marketing O'Clock Days, Digital Marketing Manager at Cypress North. We are joined by Sarah Burke. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. And we are also so excited to be joined by founder of Media Sesh, Christina Brodsky. Hi, Christina. Good to see you. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. And finally, please welcome product marketing manager at Supermetrics and host of the Marketing Analytics Show podcast, Anna Shutko. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hey, thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for being here. So as I said, we were talking about digital marketing reporting today. So we're going to take it back to really 101 here. Anna, from your experience on your podcast and at Supermetrics, why is data and reporting so important for digital marketers? Yeah, sure. I think this is really one of my most favorite topics to discuss. I think I've been working at Supermetrics for more than five years now and uh, still can't, you know, overemphasize the importance of analytics, reporting, and all things data. So from my perspective, data report, marketing reporting is like a storyline. So you need to understand what happened in the past, what's happening to your campaigns right now, and what's going to happen to your campaigns in the future to make sound business decisions. And a marketer's job really is to tie everything to ROI and make it so that the company gets profit out of every single action, whatever is happening in marketing. And for that, you need to have instruments and accurate dashboards. And you can sort of imagine it's like a torch that, you know, lights darkness and you can actually see where you're going because you don't really want to be, you know, stumbling everywhere in the darkness. You really want to be confident and you want to understand how your decisions, your actions can affect the business. So yeah, in a nutshell, I'd say these are the key points and uh, of course marketers really should have a sound command of many different tools and I'm not just talking about supermetrics but in general um, different more tech tools to have a very very solid understanding what their data tells them. Awesome. I love that taking numbers and making it more of a story. So I wanted to ask Christina and Sarah next from an agency perspective, can each of you explain why data and reporting is so important for your day-to-day digital marketing work? And I'll start with Sarah. Yeah, especially in digital marketing, data is huge for decision-making. And I think that's one of the best things about digital marketing as opposed to other types of marketing where you can't really get that data to understand what's going on, um, how things are resonating with your audience. So we're able to gather all types of data from ad campaigns and Google Analytics on website performance and things like that. Um, And it can really drive our decision making, even on a day-to-day basis, seeing how things perform the day before and what kind of changes we want to make 
today, um, it's, it's really helpful to optimize the performance of any campaign. Awesome. What about you, Christina? On top of all of those great answers, I would add to it that data allows us to confirm suspicions and support working theories. I also like that it can help to show the risk of doing something or not doing something. It could also help to spot threats and opportunities faster than if you hadn't done it. And then at a minimum, it can help us to learn from our successes and our failures so we can make smarter decisions going forward. Great. And I also wanted to ask you guys, Christina and Sarah, how much time you spend on analysis and reporting. I'll start, I'll come back to you, Christina. So I look at data to at one capacity or another just about every single day. And the timing can vary very greatly depending on what I'm working on at that time. But on a daily basis, that could come in the form of uh, quickly looking at maybe lead generating keywords or pages uh, or quickly looking at traffic for any noticeable anomalies or shifts in performance metrics. But then on a monthly basis, I spend a great deal of time on monthly reports because uh, that's where I'll look at month over month and year over year traffic and interpret the data in order to craft actionable next step recommendations or provide updates and insights. What about you, Sarah? Is it every day for you too? Yes, very similar to you, Christina. Um, I'm in there every day, whether it's just kind of checking my own kind of thing. So ad campaign, that kind of stuff. Um, sometimes I'll get a question from a client on how something specific um, is going that I'll kind of dig into. Um, and then again, similar to what you said, Christina, um, I kind of take those deeper dives um, bi-weekly if I have client calls bi-weekly or on a monthly basis, um, or if there's some sort of update in the industry, like a big um, core update, core algorithm update, I'll take a look at Google Analytics and kind of see how that affects things, but to, to some capacity every single day. Great. And I'm coming back to you for the next question, Sarah, because I want to talk about reporting projects. When do you know you need to start a new reporting project or when you need to create a new reporter dashboard? Definitely when any sort of new initiative is launched. So it could be um, a website launch that we completed here at Cypress North. We'll make a dashboard to go along with it where we'll really focus on organic traffic specifically um, to make sure that the launch went smoothly, that everything was redirected properly, that we didn't really um, see those traffic losses. And if we did, we're noticing them right away and can address it. Um, any new ad campaign that's launched. Um, yeah, anytime, anytime something new is going on, even if we have an organic retainer running where we're doing things on a monthly basis and we're placing a new focus on content, we might make a report specifically on the blog and um, which blog articles are bringing people in, that kind of thing. Awesome. What do you think, Christina? How do you know when a new report is needed? Yeah, for me, a completely new report will happen when there's a new client uh, or a project that really deserves its own type of reporting, as Sarah mentioned, whenever there's a new initiative. But if it's a long-term client, it will largely be small tweaks along the way. So for example, I have an SEO client that I've been working with since 2013, and oh their monthly reports look a little different today <laughs> than it did eight years ago. So priorities change, businesses evolve, and their reporting, our reporting, needs to evolve with it. Mm -hmm. Anna, what do you think? 
Yeah, so uh, Sarah and Christina mentioned really good points. I don't work with clients as much, so I focus primarily on internal reports. And for us, these would be some events like a board meeting or like a quarterly meeting. For example, we have a lot of collaboration going on between marketing and sales. So we might prepare a report that shows how our marketing activities impacted the sales numbers to encourage collaboration between different departments. So like I said, these are more events-based and these are also very much initiative-based. Great. And I'm coming back to you for the next question, Anna. When it is time to start a new report, what are some things you need to think about when that happens? Yeah, sure. I I can provide some points and I'm pretty sure uh, Christina and Sarah are able to agree with me on that. So you should really know your goals. And I've met many, many marketers who don't really do this. And I think that's a big mistake because before you start putting anything together, you should clearly understand what numbers you want to track and how these numbers are tied to the ROI. In addition, you should know the audience, so like who you're building a report for, because for example, if that's an internal team, you might want to use a spreadsheet or you want might want to get more data into a spreadsheet, tweak it with formulas, and then have a much deeper analysis of your current situation. Versus if you're building an executive report, you might want to have more high-level numbers, again, show how they're tied to the revenue metrics, and also help them understand how marketing is related to other different parts of the business, if that's one company. So that would be my take on that. So important. Sarah, what do you think? I definitely agree with both of those points. Um, I think the audience thing is huge, understanding who's going to be looking at your report um, so you know how kind of high level or detailed to make it. Um, And then the other kind of big thing that I always think about too is what platforms are going to be included in the report. So that kind of helps me decide which reporting tools I have as options and if there's any integrations I need, like a Supermetrics. Um, I love Supermetrics, not just saying that because Anna's here, but that kind of helps us fill in those gaps of um, integrating any platforms that something like Data Studio doesn't come with. Um, so that's kind of a big question I have too, um, as well as the, I guess, along with the audience thing too, the shareability. Um, so like Google Data Studio is very easy to share just with the link. Um, if it's something like you're leaning towards Tableau or Power BI, what kind of access would they need? Do they already have that? Great. Christina, what do you like to think about when you're starting a new project? Very similar to what Sarah and Anna had just mentioned. I will think about what I want to communicate and who I am communicating to. Uh, But normally, no matter who it is, I know that simplicity is going to be key. I'll throw buzzwords out the window Mm -hmm. uh, and just save it for the industry folks. Um, So uh, I'll want to start a new report and design it in a way that your eyes naturally know where to go. So it's quick. You could quickly digest that information. So the visualization is a very big piece for me because sometimes it's not just what you show, but how you show it, that could be the difference between your report being seen or not. And then along with that, I'll include insights that interpret the data. Great. Okay. So I have a really loaded question for you guys next, and I'll start with Sarah for this one. What makes a good report? So I think making sure that the report kind of tells the story that you want it to tell is the biggest aspect. And I think there's a lot of things that come along with that. So one of them being that it only includes the data that's necessary to tell that story. So I think as 
people who love data, the, the more the better for us, but um, for the viewer, that's not always the case. So just including those key metrics that support um, the goals and objectives of the project um, and that kind of like Christina said, can guide the viewer through the report. What do you think, Anna? What makes a good report? I do agree with the point Sarah mentioned and just wanted to add that data clarity and data granularity are very important as well as data freshness because you can have a great report that includes all the relevant metrics, but if your data is three to five days old, then it's not exactly relevant and then you will not make sense out of this report and you should be able to get this data relatively quickly so that you don't spend time on you know, trying to get what you need, but rather use this time to analyze the report and come up with the next steps. So a report is really a help for you to think about your further strategy. Mm -hmm. Great. Christina, do you have anything to add there? Yeah, I would add that reporting should help to answer three questions. I call it the, the three what questions. It's <laughs> what happened, what potentially caused it to happen, and what do we do next because of it? And I will normally phrase my insights in that structure because a good report not only is going to report that traffic had gone up or down, anyone could say that, but it should have a person that can interpret what's going on to conduct that deeper dive into what might be going on and what we maybe should amplify or correct because of it. And then the other thing I'll add is a good report should also ask questions so it's more collaborative because not everything that I uncover can be determined by the data alone. There are times that I need information on what the client is working on to help explain certain performance metrics shifts. Uh, to let them know that I'm noticing something, but I need more information from them in order to confirm what I'm seeing in analytics. And then based on their answer, that could help with uh, informing or tweaking uh, additional next steps. Awesome, I'm over here taking notes. That's awesome, so actionable. <laughs> so one of the great things about Supermetrics and other tools is that we have access to so much data and then it becomes a problem kind of deciding what we're gonna include. And I know Sarah touched on this a minute ago, but I wanted to ask you first, Christina, how do you know what data to include in a report? There are some metrics that will largely be the same no matter who the client is. And that could include overall traffic performance, organic traffic performance, maybe keyword ranking fluctuations or new or improved uh, technical hindrances then on, then from there, I'll do the customizations that may come uh, after understanding the client's priorities and how they measure success, what KPIs are important to them. And that can maybe come in the form of reporting on specific pages or search trends data. So it starts with the foundational things that are typically the same across the board. And then I add on what's a little bit more unique for that client and their needs. Yeah, I know this is another loaded question because it varies so much. But Sarah, what do you think? Yeah, I kind of work backwards with this question and think about the kind of ultimate goal. So if it's an ad campaign where they really want form fills, I know that needs to be included. Um, but then I'll also kind of go with a, a lighter conversion and, and look at um, engagement and behavior on the website. So maybe people aren't filling out the forms, but they're downloading PDFs and they're staying on our landing page really long. Um, and then I'll go backwards one more step and look at um, ad impressions and ad clicks. And that can kind of 
help the client understand how things are performing, but it's also really helpful to us who are managing the campaigns day to day to see um, kind of where the, the problems lie and which areas need to be optimized. Anna, how do you decide what data you're gonna include? Yeah, it's a real question to be honest. And like you mentioned, you should really know what the goals are and the results you wanted to achieve there. I would say it also depends on how you're planning to analyze data because you, for example, have a very granular report that includes multiple segments, audiences, campaigns, ads created from Facebook ads and analyze one channel in depth. Or you can have a multi-channel report like we call page mix at supermetrics and this report would typically include a variety of different page channels so for example facebook ads google ads bing ads uh, twitter ads google analytics etc and then you have a whole holistic overview of all your channels and then you can calculate the roi of each channel and then see how each channel impacts the conversions on your website so Depends on the goals, depends on the structure, and also depends on how you want to approach the analysis. Awesome. And it also depends on who you're building it for, which we've already touched on. But I'm coming back to you, Anna, because I wanted to ask, how does it differ based on who you're building the report for? Yeah, definitely. So I've just mentioned one Facebook ads report, and this is a perfect example of a report you would typically have for your internal team. So you really want to analyze how a particular type of a creative has performed because you want to double down on what's working and you want to reduce whatever's not working. And uh, something like an executive report, like mentioned, would include maybe more high-level metrics. You can also have a report which is more used for cross-team collaboration, or you can have a very thematic report, like we typically see e-commerce reports that include not just marketing data, but also data coming from, for example, Shopify or some other payment uh, or some other payment data from a different source. So yeah, like Seth, really depends on uh, the audience and the type of the company you're doing your reporting for. Sarah, do you have anything to add there? I think just that level of detail is the biggest um, point for me. So some reports that I have that go to other digital marketing managers are around 30 pages long and they want every detail and they want to be able to answer the questions themselves. Oh my gosh, it's um, like a novel. <laughs> exactly. So everything's kind of just there and they know how to navigate around it to find the answers that they're looking for. Um, and then for an executive level report, I'm just trying to think about how can I let them know how this is performing with as little information as possible. So they just want to glance at it, spend one minute looking at the report and want to understand the performance. What do you think, Christina? How do you approach it differently based on who the end user is? Similarly to what's already been mentioned, I will create, most of my reports are for internal marketing teams. So it could be quite detailed. And I've even seen on multiple occasions where the internal marketing team will screenshot some insights from my report and toss it into their reports. So um, when I'm communicating to them, I know I'm not just communicating to them, I'm communicating to whoever their boss is. Uh, but then if I am doing something that is more specific for an executive, I might do more of a TLDR version of it, and it could be as short as a few sentences in an email. And I know that they mostly want the answer of why am I paying you? So <laughs> the types of information I'll include, it could just be a few short sentences on what I'm seeing, 
what the problems are, why I'm trying to solve them, what will help me to solve them, because I can't do all of this on my own. I'm going to need some resources from your end as well. What are the potential roadblocks and what can we do to avoid risk? That's great. Yeah. Why am I paying you? It's always the biggest question. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Okay. Let's get into the nitty gritty here. You guys, I want to talk about reporting tools. So let's start from the very, the very beginning at the data collection process. Anna, what are some of your favorite data collection tools? Yeah. And uh, data collection is actually a very broad term for me. So it really depends again on the company and what they're trying to achieve and how they understand data collection. So for me, it's either supermetrics. So something like a tool that can pull data from multiple sources into a centralized system or report or data warehouse, et cetera, or others understand it as a single source of truth, so to say. So this is what we see with Google Analytics. Uh, companies basically are using website data to also measure the success of their marketing campaigns, and then they want to take this data and also visualize it through a variety of different data visualization or data exploration tools. So that would be my take on this. All great ones. Christina, what are some of your favorite data collection tools? I would say my go-tos are going to be Google Analytics and Google Search Console. Very simple, very basic. Anything to add, Sarah? Google Tag Manager is a big one for us to kind of fill in any gaps that Google Analytics doesn't um, track. So you can kind of accomplish almost any kind of tracking in there um, to understand how users are behaving with your website and um, track specific button clicks and how far they're scrolling and all these things. Um, I also really like Hotjar to understand how um, users are engaging with the website. You really can't beat actual recordings of them doing so. So I like to uh, look at that as well. Yeah, Sarah loves Google Tag Manager and I love that you love it because I go to you whenever I have a question. <laughs> And I'm coming back to you for the next question, Sarah. What are some of your favorite analysis tools? And to be clear here, I mean the tools that you use to answer a certain question or get an overall understanding of new data before building formal reports. A lot of times I'm just jumping into Google Analytics and using the custom reports or a segment to um, kind of answer a specific question. Usually I'm able to piece things together using that. Um, I also really like using Python if it's a brand new data set that I've never seen before. Um, there's a lot of data analysis packages in there that make it really easy to make some quick visualizations and get some high level stats on the data um, to help me understand it um, and kind of notice any trends and, and just kind of get comfortable with it. What about you, Anna? What are your favorite analysis tools? Yeah, so we're using Looker internally, and I think it's a great tool because, first of all, it helps with the data exploration. So if I don't want to build a report just yet, if I just want to see how a particular chart or a graph would look like with a particular data set, it's super easy to use, and I can put together a rough dashboard sketch very quickly. And also, you can easily get different types of data into Looker. So we're not just using our marketing data in the marketing department, we're also combining it with our purchase data. And then we can see how much we've earned based on what we've done in marketing. That's a great one. What do you think, Christina? 
in addition to GA and Search Console, which I know is not always enough to answer the questions, especially when you're trying to figure out why something happened. So I'll maybe reference Google Trends or SEMrush or I may pop over to uh, Screaming Frog and or DeepCrawl. All great ones. And now I want to talk about reporting tools, which I guess these all are reporting tools. This is a huge category, but I first want to talk about kind of 101 reporting tools that anyone listening to this can jump in and use in their accounts right away. Christina, do you have any great tools for people just starting out? Yeah, I largely will use Google Data Studio for reporting and data visualization. I think it's come a really long way since it was first released. And I know I'm confident it will become even better over time. Yeah, and I know I'm not as versed in reporting and data as you guys are. And even I can use Data Studio and I love it. So that's a great one. What do you think, Sarah? Completely agree on Data Studio, especially for someone just starting out. You don't need to purchase anything. You can just go on right now and access Data Studio. I think it can possibly look a little intimidating to just to someone just starting out um, since it can be a blank canvas if you want it to be. Um, but there also is the template gallery where if you wanna just kinda try something out quick, you can grab a template. Um, there's all sorts of ones for ads and organic and pulling from Search Console and just connect your data source and get something running right away. Great. And Anna, I wanted to ask you how Supermetrics can help with Data Studio or other standard reporting tools that people are using every day. Yeah, sure. So Supermetrics basically has a set of connectors that can transfer data from different sources to Data Studio. Say you want to build a report that combines data from, like mentioned, Facebook ads, Google ads, Twitter ads, or, you know, a bunch of other different channels. So you can basically go to a data source gallery or a connector gallery in Data Studio, find Supermetrics, connector accounts, and you will have your connectors, which are super easy to set up, and uh, you will have your data running. And in addition, we support reporting and, you know, first time reporting in Data Studio with a set of templates. So we have our templates on the website, so supermetrics.com or every single data source also comes with a template. So for example, if you wanna have Facebook ads template, you can just connect Facebook ads as a data source and then tick a box. I wanna use a template while you're setting the connector up and you will not end up with a blank canvas. So instead you will have a nice looking report which is populated by your data. So yeah, this That's is awesome. how we work in a nutshell. I love that. That's a lifesaver for people like me. Let's get into expert mode. What are some of your favorite expert reporting tools, Sarah? I'm going to say Data Studio again, because you really can make it as custom as you want. There's a lot of possibilities in there um, with pulling from different data sources. Um, Google Sheets, I think, is really helpful if you want to do something more advanced and create some calculations in the Google Sheet and bring that in. Um, you can make custom dimensions, you can use regular expressions. So you can um, you can really make an advanced report in there. And then I would also say Tableau, I would consider it a, a, a more advanced tool to kind of get started with and get used to. And Christina, what are some of your favorite expert reporting tools? I agree with Sarah. The Data Studio can provide those opportunities to utilize more advanced features. I really like that you can make that platform what you want it to be, both from a visual perspective and a data analyzing one. And Anna, how can Supermetrics help with those advanced tools? 
Yeah, sure. So like mentioned, Data Studio is one, but we also support more advanced ways of getting data to a Data Studio. So for example, if you have large volumes of data, you don't really have to store all that in a spreadsheet and connect that to Data Studio. Instead, you can use a data warehouse. So with Supermetrics, you can also transfer data to places like Google BigQuery, for example. And then once you have all your data there, you can pick whatever you want to visualize and then move that to Google Data Studio. So that would be an example of a more advanced use case. I always think data warehouse is such a like intimidating term. It makes it sound like so advanced. <laughs> And what are your favorite automated reporting tools, Sarah? I feel like I'm going to sound like I work for Data Studio here, but <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of the connectors update in real time. So it kind of takes care of that automation. And then um, again, to the Google Sheets point, I've also used the Google Analytics add-on for Google Sheets. And there's a refresh uh, feature in there where you can schedule it to refresh that'll then connect to Data Studio. So you can kind of get creative um, with your automation, just combining different tools like that. Um, and then Supermetrics too is, is huge to just save from pulling things manually from different platforms, putting them in a spreadsheet, everything just comes in automatically. Great. Christina, do you have any tools you love for automated reporting? It's the same, not to sound redundant, but I will use Data Studio largely for automating reports. And I have used Supermetrics at times for the quick integrations, which is a huge time saver. And I try to make the reports as automated as possible. So all I have to do is go in, interpret the data and provide the next steps. Great. Anna, can you expand on that a little bit, how Supermetrics can help with automated reporting? Yeah, definitely. So like the ladies have already mentioned, we have a set of connectors and then they can pull data automatically. That's one piece of a puzzle. And for example, Google Sheets is interesting because you can pull in data from a variety of different sources. And then we support a feature which is called scheduled emailing. So whenever there is a rule that says if you have if your impressions jump to a certain number in say cell B2, you can receive an automated email with oh, wow. your report. So that means that you can basically set any rule, you can pull in any metric from any platform, you can set up any rules and you can make them as complicated as you want with formulas and spreadsheets. And after you've set this automatic refresh and emailing, you can have fresh data that flows into your spreadsheet and then you receive an email every single time something goes above or below a certain threshold. So you don't really need to worry if your campaign doesn't perform well or if you set it like this and you know that it needs adjustment. You don't really have to check it every single time. You didn't have to go to spreadsheets. You can just check your index from time to time. And if you spot something, you can make adjustments immediately. I love that. Automated reporting, helping you sleep better at night. Exactly. And it's so funny that we're being so pro Google on the show. Cause if you listen to our show every week, we're usually talking about Google ads and how they're trying to steal money from advertisers. So it's just hilarious. <laughs> Gotta talk about data studio more. Yeah. So let's keep it positive. I want to talk to you guys about the future of data and analytics. Sarah, what are you looking forward to in this area? I'm really excited to see how GA4 continues to evolve. Um, they've already added a bunch of things and changed things since they've um, announced that. And then especially since it uses this um, different event-based 
um, data model to see how that kind of changes the way that us marketers think about things and report on things. Christina, what do you think? What are you excited about? Yeah, I am hesitantly optimistic about the future of GA4. I want to love it. (laughs) I am just not there yet. Uh, But one thing I am interested in is predictive analytics, and that's nothing really new, but it would be really cool to see some of that in existing tool sets and measuring potential future performance and outcomes based on historical data. So, for example, I love in Google Analytics that it provides that analytics intelligence insights uh, panel, but it would be really cool to layer on a layer of predictive metrics Uh, right there in the platform, instead of us going to X number of other tools or even fudging around with our own calculations. Yeah, we're still trying to learn to love GA4 too, right there with you. (laughs) Anna, what do you think about the future? Yeah, the future is actually super exciting for me. So marketers are becoming more and more and more tech savvy. Now we're seeing more and more marketers starting to use data warehouse or then more advanced BI tools. And I am definitely loving this trend and I really hope it continues to develop so that marketers become more, you know, data analysts and they can use data more and more confidently. And also the platforms are developing, the APIs are developing, and now we're seeing more granular data that we're able to report and pull into a report from every single platform. And that gives us much more insight. So if before we had simple metrics and the data wasn't as detailed, now you can track almost every single interaction with either that you can possibly have. And from there, you can make really interesting conclusions and that affects the business and you're not blind at all anymore. So I think we will see lots of exciting stuff coming up. Very exciting. And Christina, in your data and analytics dreams, what is something that you would hope to see in the future as technology evolves? You know, one thing that Anna mentioned that I really like is more people are learning about data, they're becoming more technical, and that's very important because these tools are only as good as the people using them. And so what I would really like to see is maybe not so much completely new tool sets, but instead additions and improvements on existing tools. So for example, I would love to plot rows in Google Search Console or have annotations that are added in GA automatically added to Search Console or having other integrations and as few tools as possible, especially for smaller businesses uh, where it could be cost prohibitive to need all of these tools. I second all of those dreams. (laughs) Annotations in Search Console, that's awesome. Sarah, what do you think? I also second all of those dreams. Especially from the point of understanding the full customer journey, I think that's something that's almost surprising that it's so difficult to do sometimes, especially when there's some aspect of it that goes online or sorry, offline, um, that you need to somehow pull those things in and just connect so many different um, pieces and data sources and bring in the developers to make a custom uh, script to track something. And it's just kind of crazy that we still have to do this. So Um, Christina said it best, additions and improvements to existing tools to kind of make that aspect of it easier. Amazing. And Anna, I wanted to ask you specifically about supermetrics. Are there any new capabilities specifically that you hope to see in the future? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, like I mentioned, the future is super exciting and I'm actually going to continue on a very scary topic of data warehousing. So <laughs> as we are developing our products, we can now move data to data warehouses and databases like Snowflake, Google BigQuery, Azure, Synapse, and a bunch of different cloud storages in addition to this. And we are now developing an integration with Amazon Redshift. So this is one of the biggest data warehouses on the market and I'm super excited for the marketers to gain an opportunity to move data there as well. Very exciting. Big things for the future of data warehousing. Maybe I'll get there too someday. So I want to thank you again, Sarah, Christina, and Anna for joining me. I know I learned so much today and I'm hoping that our listeners did too. Sarah is a digital marketing manager at Cypress North, our full service digital agency. Sarah, where can people get in touch with you to talk data? I'm Data by Sarah on Twitter, and I'm myself on LinkedIn, Sarah Burke. You can connect with me there. <laughs> and Christina Brodsky is the founder of Media Sesh, an SEO consulting and training firm. Christina, where can people get in touch with you? You can find me on both Twitter and LinkedIn. My handles are at C Brodsky with a Z, not an S. Awesome. And finally, Anna Shutko is a product marketing manager at Supermetrics and host of the Marketing Analytics Show podcast, which I think you can probably listen to wherever you're listening to our podcast. I know you can listen to it on Spotify. Anna, where can people get in touch with you to talk about Supermetrics? Yeah, sure. So everybody can connect with me on LinkedIn. So it's Anna Shutko. And I'm also very active on Twitter. It's Anna Shutko there as well. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here. It is now officially not marketing a talk. If you're looking for digital marketing news and a lot of really bad puns, Please be sure to subscribe. We release new episodes with Jess Bud, Greg Finn, and Mark Saltarelli every Friday, in addition to these special roundtables that we are releasing every month. So, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next month.